0: Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. And with all that's happening on the Hill in the battle for the next Speaker of the House, the analysis of what's actually taking place has been wide ranging. One of the first members of Congress to come out and oppose Kevin McCarthy's bid for Speaker was Virginia Congressman Bob Good. Congressman has been a no vote for McCarthy since the beginning and since the voting began yesterday. And we have Congressman Good on with us to discuss. Congressman Bob Good, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you, Steve. Thanks for having me. Congressman, really an unprecedented situation in modern times, at least on the Hill. Some are calling it chaotic. Some say it's a sign of healthy democracy, since democracy is meant to be messy after all. You're in the midst of it all. Is it chaotic or is there actually some order?
1: You know, Steve, what we have done is we have essentially just delayed the speaker vote. We have had three votes to decide what's a very important decision. I have said often we shouldn't be in a hurry to make a bad decision. It's what a constitutional republic should operate as, representative democracy, where we're doing what our voters sent us to Washington to do, to fight for them, to fight for the country, to do what we think is best, and then to report back to them and be held accountable to the voters who sent us to Washington to fight against the Biden-Pelosi-Schumer agenda. Congressman, it appears that there's a lot of pivoting.
0: There's a lot of spin coming from all different directions, left and right. If you could clarify for us, what is this all about? What would it take, or is there anything that it would take for you and your colleagues to yes vote McCarthy for speaker?
1: Well, I'll just say to the last part of that, we need to move past Kevin McCarthy. He doesn't have the votes. He's not going to have the votes. He's got some 20 or so that are hard-nosed against him. And really, we need the conference to come together and consider what other candidates they think should be considered, who, who those should be. He's part of the problem. He's not part of the solution. Past history is the best indicator of what future performance will be. He has contributed to how we got to $32 trillion in national debt. He has contributed to the fact that Congress has a 20% approval rating, 80% of the country thinks we're on the wrong track. We can't do what we've always done, done and expect we're going to get a different result. The American people uh, want change in Washington. Uh, they recognize that the Republicans have a better message, than Democrats, they gave us control. And you know I've had hundreds of uh, voters in my district beg and plead with me over the last few years not to support Kevin McCarthy. Members all across the country, Republican members, are hearing that. They want someone like a Jim Jordan, someone like a Byron Donalds. Those were the two who have gotten votes so far from the uh, Republican members who voted against Kevin McCarthy. So we need to stay the course. Kevin McCarthy needs to drop out. He needs to do what's best for the country, what's best for the Congress, what's best for the Republican conference. It's not about ambition or pride or selfishness. There's not just one person who can be the speaker. We need to have a true contest to see who that best person is that can get us to two eighteen and lead the fight to save the country.
0: Congressman, before I let you go, you you uh, you have former President Trump weighing in on Truth Social, saying in part, it's now time for our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin McCarthy. You went on to say McCarthy will do a good job, maybe even a great
1: job. What's your reaction to the former president's statement? I would challenge anyone uh, to tell me what from Kevin McCarthy's past history would tell you that he is the right person to fight uh, with the House majority behind him to stop the Biden-Schumer agenda? What about him would indicate he's willing to go to the mat to defund the government tyranny that we campaign against, to use the upcoming debt ceiling to leverage TRUE SPENDING CUTS TO LEVERAGE TO GET A SECURE BORDER TO LEVERAGE ENDING THE VACCINE MANDATES TO LEVERAGE AGAINST THE WEAPONIZATION OF THE FEDERAL GOVERNMENT AGAINST ITS CITIZENS TO LEVERAGE AGAINST THE WAR ON AMERICAN uh, RELIABLE ENERGY, THE FOSSIL FUEL INDUSTRIES, THE SURRENDERING OF AMERICAN ENERGY INDEPENDENCE. What would tell you that Kevin McCarthy is the person to fight for that? When he was majority leader, when Republicans last controlled the House, every single major spending bill that he negotiated, that he helped pass, was done with a majority of Democrat votes and a minority of Republican votes. What would tell you that Kevin McCarthy is the right person to be speaker? What from his past history would indicate that? I've not had anybody defend Kevin McCarthy to me. Not one member of the media, not one member of the uh, Republican conference tell me that based on the merits of OF HIS LEADERSHIP SKILLS, Uh, His his willingness to fight, his willingness to battle, his demonstrated toughness. Quite frankly, Steve, we saw yesterday morning in the Republican conference an anger and an intensity and a toughness directed at Republicans in the meeting who weren't supporting him at Speaker that we've never seen directed against Democrats who are ruining the country. If we had seen that kind of fight over the last two years in my first term in Congress, or over the past 12 years that he's been in leadership, directed at Democrats and the policies that are ruining the COUNTRY, HE WOULDN'T BE IN THE SITUATION HE IS IN TODAY WHERE HE CANNOT GET THE VOTES, HE WILL NOT GET THE VOTES, AND WE WILL DRAG THIS OUT AS LONG AS WE NEED TO. IT'S WORTH SPENDING A FEW DAYS OR EVEN A COUPLE OF WEEKS TO GET A SPEAKER THAT WE'RE GOING TO HAVE TO LIVE WITH, AND THE COUNTRY CANNOT AFFORD SOMEONE LIKE KEVIN MCCARTHY as SPEAKER, AND WE'RE DETERMINED NOT TO LET THAT HAPPEN FOR THE GOOD OF THE COUNTRY.
0: VIRGINIA CONGRESSMAN BOB GOOD FROM CAPITOL HILL, THANK YOU SO MUCH. THANK YOU, STEVE. And to get more perspective on the historic events taking place in the House chamber over the past two days, we're happy to have on with us Georgia Congressman Buddy Carter. Congressman Buddy Carter, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Congressman, you've spent the day on Capitol Hill the past two days, actually. If you could uh, paint the picture, what's the atmosphere there been like? And has there been negotiating uh, with the holdouts on the floor?
2: Well, certainly, I, as you can imagine, and as one would expect, there's a lot of frustration, build-up frustration on both sides, on uh, the, the 201, 202 who have been supporting Kevin McCarthy, and then on the others who haven't been supporting Kevin McCarthy. But uh, And negotiations are ongoing, from what I understand, and they continue to talk, and I find that to be very productive.
0: I want to ask you, Congressman, uh, today, President Biden was asked um, about the situation, uh, saying that it's embarrassing and doesn't look good uh, in the eyes of other countries. Uh, What's your reaction to the president's comments?
2: You know, I I don't agree with much with this president at all, I certainly don't agree with this. Look, looks can be deceiving. There's no question about that. What this is, is democracy at work, to have debate and compromise. That's what it's about. Uh, we can only look at what the Democrats did over the past two years. You know, they were overtaken by the far left wing of their party, and they, they just caved without even batting an eye, and and it resulted in some of the worst policies that this country has ever experienced over the last two years. Well, we in the Republican Party, we're a big tent party. We've got a lot of different groups, a lot of different opinions, and and yeah, we need to come together. We need to have a speaker, and we will. We will get this worked out but we don't need to follow the path that the Democrats followed. We're we're gonna represent the American people. We're gonna represent that big tent that is our party. Do you
0: see a path that gets McCarthy to 218 and at the same time satisfies your Republican colleagues that are dissenting at the moment?
2: I do think there's a path to that. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure exactly at this point what it's going to take to to break things loose, but uh, I'm still confident we can get that done. Kevin McCarthy deserves to be speaker. No one is better prepared at this point. Than Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker of the House of Representatives. He's the one who, uh, who, who had the most to do with getting us to the point that we're at right now, and he has worked for this, he, and 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 he deserves to be the next Speaker. We need to give him that opportunity, and and look, um, I, I have to step back for just a second, and. And and give uh, due respect to, to what the the holdouts have been able to accomplish too, because some of the rule changes are really good. And I like them, especially as they relate to spending. We've got to stop this fiscal insanity that exists in Washington D.C. We are guardians of the taxpayers' money in Congress, so some of the rule changes that have come about as a result of that, I think that uh, I, I think they're good, and I think they're going to serve us well in the future.
0: Georgia Congressman Buddy Carter, really appreciate your perspective. Thank you. Gender transitioning for minors is still a hot topic. As more schools and organizations promote the idea, parents and many others are pushing back. Our next guest started taking cross-sex drugs at a very young age, but has since detransitioned. She joined us to share her story. Chloe Cole, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Chloe, we hear a lot about minors going through these life-altering surgeries, uh, transitioning, but it's hard to tell sometimes the extent um, of it being, you know, politically mixed in or if this is really something truly serious. Uh, You were one of them. If you could share a little bit of your experience and just how serious it, it is and was to you.
3: Yeah, so... I'm biologically female, but at the age of 12, I expressed to my parents, my family, that I wanted to transition to a boy. And just after after a few months of, you know, being referred to a therapist and getting a diagnosis for gender dysphoria, um, I was started on medicalization at just the age of 13. I um, it started with puberty blockers, and then about a month later, I started on cross-sex hormones and then eventually at 15 I got a double mastectomy but it was very soon after that I realized that I regretted my transition and I stopped transitioning at 16.
0: It's amazing so I mean from from what you know now what would you say the science is telling us about the development of the the mind at the ages that you know you were at and others that when these surgeries are being performed and how often like yourself have you met others uh, do these children essentially regret the surgery in the in the coming months and years?
3: They say it's a solved science that there's a hundred or so years of, of science backing it, but it's just not true. I mean, two years post-op, I'm still having complications, and I mean, there's so many cases of other people like me that I met. It's like every week, I I come across a new person online who has an experience quite like mine having gone through transition at a young age and then regretting it and experiencing complications later on.
0: So if I could ask you, what has the recovery process been like for you both uh, physically and uh, mentally?
3: I mean, I stopped taking testosterone in May of 2021. And especially in the initial few months, it was it was very difficult. Um, both physically and emotionally, you know, because I was having, I was on hormones for about three years and then I stopped. I didn't really taper off of it. I just went cold turkey off of it. And, um, I was, I was very emotional. I was very prone to emotional outbursts and it was very difficult to regulate my emotions then. And I was also experiencing from some physical side effects from, from going off of it. I had gotten, um, some urinary tract issues from taking testosterone after about a year. And by going off of it, it, it got worse about tenfold. And um, I very quickly dropped weight. I lost my appetite. And in a matter of only about two months, I dropped about 25 pounds, give or take. And I was, I was very sickly. I was prone to getting ill. And it's, it's gotten much better as, as I spent more as as time goes on and my body has recovered my my menstrual cycle has luckily come back but i'm not very i'm not quite sure about you know my, my fertility status whether i'll be able to conceive a child or even safely carry there's just there's a lot of unknowns and i'm still experiencing complications are
0: there any parting words that you would uh, like to tell any young person thinking of transitioning or to their parents and guardians who may be uh, encouraging the idea?
3: The best thing to do, really, is to wait. I mean, when you're young, it's a lot more difficult to be making a decision like this. I just I don't really think that a kid can really consent. They don't really have the um, they don't really have the mental faculties to be able to determine whether they can make such a big decision in their lives. And, you know, they don't really have, not only that, but they don't really have the worldly experience either. Um, I mean, medically transitioning is, it is something that does affect your your sexual function and your fertility. And it does affect other aspects of your life that you don't really think about. And I just don't think that children can really can really comprehend that.
0: It's a really important point. Uh, there's, it's a life-altering uh, surgery and decision that has side effects and, and after effects that um, any child probably cannot foresee. Um, Chloe Cole, thank you so much for sharing your experience.
3: Thank you for having me on.
0: I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.